get out there and do networking. There's no better way than building relationships, you know, to um, to enable people to get to know who you are and what you do. This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 32. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. This is Rob and Kennedy Hello. from Response Suite. And it's really, really lovely to be here. If I know that a lot of our listeners are high-ticket coaches. They have some kind of coaching program. And I thought it'd be really interesting to tell everybody how they could use Response Suite to make that so much easier. Mm. If you're a coach or consultant or service provider, you probably have somebody fill out some sort of application form and then you sift through the results every day or every every hour and you find the people who could be a good customer and then you try and get them on the phone and the problem there is that you're not going to be able to reach everyone that you try and reach out to because by the time you reach out to them maybe they've forgotten maybe they've lost excitement maybe they've got been distracted by somebody else's stuff so actually one of the things you can do with response suite is actually move the point of scheduling their call from several days away to instantly. That's right, because based on a key question that you decide, maybe it's to do with the budget they've got to spend or where they are on their business journey or their journey in your area, you can then make a decision right automatically inside Response Suite where if they meet these criteria, then take them straight to your calendar booking system. Whereas if you're not sure they actually qualify, you could take them to another page which just says, thanks very much, we're going to take a look at your application. And now what you can do is do the manual sifting to make sure that nobody's falling through the cracks of course you want to do that but everybody who you know for certain as your most qualified person you're going to take them straight in to schedule that call at the very moment that they're most excited and most engaged about having a coaching call with you you got so excited then you knocked your orange juice over i did That's i knocked it over i mean were. luckily the lid was on <laughs> one of the nice things that this gives you is if you're let's imagine your program is five thousand dollars and somebody says they've only got 250 dollars to invest well actually instead of taking them to the scheduling page you don't want to waste their time so in Instead, take them over to a page where they can buy something, a cheaper product that fits within their price range, that kind of thing. So it's really, really useful to be able to automate that process, remove a lot of the manual labor, and just get more people scheduling their call. So talking about scheduling and getting things all in order, one of the things you need to do is get out there and start scheduling appointments for people and meeting new people. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing with this week's guest, Robert. Yes, indeed. We chatted to a lovely chap called Richard Tubb. He lives just near us up in the northeast of England. Ruined the corner. Although from his accent, if you live in the UK, you'll probably be able to tell he's not from here. He's from further afield. But uh, has some really great insights into the idea of networking. Now, networking is the thing you've been doing for a really long time. Mm, sure. It's a thing that I think a lot of us as entrepreneurs who run businesses online are a little bit afraid of. The idea of going along to a room full of potential strangers and thinking, I'm going to have to strike up a conversation with those people can seem terrifying. But the honest answer is there's such a big opportunity to build brand new and really deep relationships. You know what it's like when you meet somebody and you can see them eye to eye, maybe you have lunch or breakfast or dinner with this person. There's a much deeper level of trust and the amazing relationships that I've personally built out of networking have been hugely beneficial, not just to get like, like making sales, but in all areas of my business education and my contacts that we're constantly pulling on right here inside the business at Response Suite. Yeah, it's a really valuable thing. So let's find out what Richard Tubb had to say about networking and how it impacts your business. Richard Tubb in the house. Hello, Richard. How are you doing? Very good. I'm really excited to have you here talking about all these things. Let's let's get straight in the meat of it, you know, Richard, because most of us are secretly nerdy, geeky people, and we're mostly nervous about going into a room full of strangers. I mean, Rob and I are not known for being sort of nervous about speaking in front of strangers because we made a career out of talking 
into in front of strangers. But most people do have that big fear. It's rated and it's classically told that it's rated one of the biggest fears that anybody could have is talking in public and meeting strangers, all terrifying things. And we'd really much rather write a Facebook ad or, I don't know, a sales page. But, so why should we go networking when so many people are already making so much money by doing stuff that's not networking? Well, first of all, I mean, yes, I'm a massive geek, a massive techie, so I like nothing more than just sitting behind the keyboard and pretending that all of my friends are computers and not human beings. So, yeah, I absolutely empathize with that. But that said, you know, the old adage that people do business with people they know, like, and trust um, was true then, and it's absolutely true now, regardless of social media and everything else that goes on. Right. So actually getting out to press the flesh and, you know, sort of say hello to people and get to and uh, build up relationships with in person is still very, very relevant. And, you know, I get a lot of uh, startup businesses um, in the IT industry asking me, look, we've got no marketing budget. How can we get our name out there and get people to know us? And I always say the same thing to them. Get out there and do networking. There's no better way than building relationships, you know, to um, to enable people to get to know who you are and what you do. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting idea of, like, stepping out behind because it wouldn't it be great if we could just sit in our pants all day and make squillions of pounds that would be amazing but the truth is when you there's something to do with that connection you make with people and do you think that maybe it's relevant more than it is more than it's ever been because of that whole like everything on the internet's a scam it's a big scam like meeting people and be able to look into their their actual eyes and shake them by the hand and maybe break bread with them you think yeah. there's, there's some more value in that now than ever Oh, I do. I think so. Yeah. I mean, you know, business networking events really have got a bad rap for the most part, haven't they? Because most of us who have been doing business for some time consider them like, oh, I've got to get up at the crack of dawn. I've got to go and have breakfast with people I don't really like. I've got to talk to people I've got nothing in common with. But the reality is not all, not all networking is like that. Not all business networking is like that. There's some really cool events out there. If you're not a morning person, Go along to the lunchtime one. If you prefer a drink and some socialising, there's lots of evening drink uh, business networking events that are out there. So it can be whatever you want it to be. Don't fall into the trap of thinking you've got to go along with the typical stereotypes here. I think, you know, networking's often been known as not working because loads of people spend <laughs> hours just, you know, having fun, having a lovely time. Uh, Drinking uh, cups of tea, like eating breakfast and that. Exactly. Yeah. And some people consider it's just like paying for your social life. You know, it's 500 quid a year or whatever to have some friends. Um, so how does network working kind of work strategically for actually building a business, especially in a world where, again, another thing that networking gets a bit of a rap for is that everyone's so busy trying to push their business on you that they've got no interest in what you're doing. So how does this strategically fit into a business plan? Well, I totally uh, get what you're saying about, you know, you walk into a room and there's, I call them networking bulldogs, these people who are just bosh, 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 moving around the room, handing out business cards. And are you a prospective customer for me? No, I'm going to move on to the next person. (laughs) It's horrible, you know, and it's one of my, it's one of the reasons that I never liked business networking, you know, walking into a room full of people like that. Well, those people are still out there. I would encourage you to, to do things slightly differently with business networking, you know, to have a bit of fun with it, to walk into a room and instead of thinking, right, is this a room full of potential customers for me? To walk into the room and say, okay, who can I meet that's a nice person here? Who can I have a conversation with? Um, Who can I help within the room? So there's many a time I've gone to business networking events and actually met nobody who's directly going to be a customer for me but I've kept my mouth uh, closed 
I'd listened to what they've had to tell me about their business. And then I've gone through sort of my mental Rolodex there um, and gone, okay, who can I introduce this person to? Who might be a good connection for them? Isn't that really interesting? Because I don't know about you, but have you found that among your friends and sort of your colleagues who you knew before business networking, you become almost like the connector who like, oh, well, if you need a builder, Kennedy, he'll know somebody or, or and such and such. Yeah, that's absolutely it. And I'll just tell a brief story about when I was, uh, my, I used to run an IT business back in Birmingham. And um, when I was there, I went to a business networking event and the very first person I bumped into, and I'll anonymize him, we'll call him Dave, um, and said, hi, Dave, what, what is it you do? And he said, um, I remove chewing gum from pavements. Okay, where am I going to go with this conversation with, you know, a start out like that? Uh, and also, like, okay. scum you've ever come across. <laughs> and I was like, tell me more. And, you know, he, he told me all about the business and everything. And he just started up. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, and then we went off and met other people. Now, a couple of days later, I was actually at uh, a client of mine, um, uh, a business that looks after uh, service departments and what have you. And I walked in and said to the, uh, the business manager there, I was like, how's your day going? He says, oh, Richard, I'm having a nightmare. Would you believe I've got um, customers who are complaining about chewing gum stuck to their uh, floors outside of their rooms? And I was like, oh, can I introduce you to somebody who can help with that? And he was like, what? As though, you know, I'm moving chewing gum removal circles. But um, <laughs> yeah, and I said, anyway, I connected Dave, the chewing gum guy, to my clients, helped him out with his issue. What it did for me was my clients saw me as a connector. Now, I'm not just the IT guy anymore. I'm somebody who's got his finger on the pulses, you know, in the middle of a yeah. big network of people, you know, silly as it sounds. Uh, and, and the really interesting thing was it was about six months later, Dave, the chewing gum guy, actually came back to me and made an introduction for me that led to quite a substantial piece of IT business with another company. Now, that's a really weird one, isn't it? You know, um, yeah, okay, it's why... about the houses a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, but the thing is, I think it's human nature to want to reciprocate. So if yeah. somebody does you a good turn, you sort of keep your mental antenna up, don't you, to say, how can I pay this person back? And, and whilst I don't go into networking situations thinking, right, I'll do a good turn for one, and I'll keep track of that, and you've got to do me something good back, it is human nature to reciprocate. So people do look for an opportunity. And of course, they're going to trust you more, aren't they? If they know that you've introduced them to somebody, they're like, well, this guy must be like a really good guy or this guy must be somebody who's really, really good. So the big thing is there's lots of different networking events. You just do a quick Google search and find networking events in my local area. But let's be honest, there's the good, the bad, and the downright ugly. How do you, what sort of characteristics, how do you track down what's going to be potentially a better networking event? Yeah, I think the first thing I would say is, yeah, you know, for anybody who says, oh, I don't know which networking event to go to, just go to one. Um, and the, 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 the value of going to that first one, good, bad or indifference is you are going to meet somebody who's like minded there and you can say to them, hey, which other networking events do you go to? And they're going to say something like, well, actually, no, I don't really know of any others. So you can say, well, you know, should we find some together? Can we, well, arrange to meet up. You've then got somebody else that's a familiar face when you walk into the room at this next networking event. But more than likely, that person is going to say, actually, you know what, this is my first time at this event or I don't come to this one very often, but there's another event I go to and I get great value. Why don't you come along as my guest next time? And so the best way to find networking events is to go to networking events. <laughs> right, okay. And then do you like leave and like score it based on like what? Like that's tricky to do, isn't it? Yeah, I, I guess, you know, going back to what I said earlier on, most people associate networking, you know, with uh, 
breakfast networking and all of that stuff. There's loads of them out there. So I work in the techie, the geeky, the IT industry. Um, so I tend to go to uh, tech-related networking events. That's fantastic. Okay. But, so when you're sort of doing these searches, Richard, is it, is, it, is it valuable to put that as part of that search? So if you're just looking for generic business networking, certain things are going to come up. But if you're in the, I don't know, like the events business or something, events business networking events, or if you're in the dog health, maybe you might do something to do with, you know, pets. I don't know. I'm trying to with ridiculous things. The chewing gum removal business, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and all the people who love chewing gum um, will be there. So would you like, would you suggest that you put sort of some industry stuff around that as well? Yeah, you can do. But the reality is actually, uh, this is all coming back to, you know, the people relationships that you have. If you have a conversation with your peers, even your competitors and say, which networking events do you, excuse me, which networking events do you go to? They're going to tell you that. So this all comes back to the people to people connection, rather than sitting behind a keyboard and expecting Google to provide you with every one of the answers. Totally. That's really cool. So we're going to go into our first little game of the episode here, Richard. It's very simple. It's called True or False. Uh, we're going to read out it's a really three... imaginative name. That yeah, is, it's it? called Fact or Not Fact. Uh, we're going to read out three questions, uh, sorry, three statements rather. And your job, Richard, is just to guess whether you think they're true or false and why. So the first one is this. 54% of professionals said their first impression was impacted by someone's handshake. 54%. Oh, that's going to be true, isn't it? It's false. It's actually 72. Oh. As high as 72%. Have you ever had one of those handshakes where it feels like someone's just slapped in a fish? Sometimes I've gone in for a handshake and somebody, I thought they're going to have quite a weak handshake, so I'm not going to like break their arm. Yeah. So I've gone for a weak handshake and then they've broken my arm. Really? Yeah, that's yeah. terrible. Like, hey, they do that thing where they do that matey handshake, which is not like the, the horizontal plane one. They do that the vertical plane handshake. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like when, I don't know how to describe this. The difference between that and doing that. Oh, yes. Yes. Like swap round. So the swap know. round your hand goes yes. and like you feel like you can do it. Maybe arm, arm wrestling position. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. Okay. That next statement for you. Is it true or false? That like 25% of professionals admit they don't do any networking ever. Oh, I would have thought it's more than that. So false. It's true. It is twenty five percent, which is great because it, that means that more people are doing it than you thought. It, which is great news. I, mean, I think your words obviously getting out there. You're doing a good job. And finally, seventy two percent of people say they prefer face to face meetings. I'm going to go true for that. You're very close, but it's false. <laughs> it's even higher. It's 84% of the people. Yeah, we all want to sit behind our keyboards, run some Facebook ads, and, and hopefully that, that we're going to make our fortune when 84% of the world prefer face-to-face meetings. So when you go to these networking events, Richard, what kind of sort of pitch do you need for the people you meet? Because people are going to say to you, what do you do? Richard, what do you do? What kind of pitch do you need? Yeah, I think the majority of people that I meet uh, sort of go with the label approach. And what I mean by that, they'll say, I'm a plumber, I'm an IT person, I'm an accountant or whatever. And you immediately shut off then, don't you? Because you've built the image in your mind of who the person is and what they do. Um, So what I'm a fan of doing is actually talking about how you felt somebody recently. You know, um, I I worked with an IT business and recently they unfortunately uh, lost a client. And so I helped them manage uh, that transition and to pick up new uh, new clients for the business, something like that. So you're given an example of the benefit that you're giving to somebody rather than just going with that label that automatically generates an image of what you do. 
it's sort of like the networking equivalent of features and benefits, isn't it? So you talk yeah. about all the features of what your service is. Just saying you're an accountant, well, that's just a feature. The problem with just saying you're an accountant is like labels are for tins and it's very non-emotional, isn't it? People, yeah. And also people put, the pe- people put their own agenda, their own beliefs onto that label. They, you, they hear accountant, they go, oh, great, you do. You love spreadsheets. Wonderful. Actual, actual fact, that might be quite different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the thing, isn't it? We've all got an, an image in our mind of what uh, people do. Uh, often stereotypes, isn't it? Accountants, sure. oh, it's boring, you look at figures and things like that. But what if you started the conversation by saying, actually, I saved, saved a, a client um, £100,000 the other day. Really? Tell me more about that. You know, and you've got sure. a hopeful of them then a piece of income. Okay, so in terms of the, so the, the actual pitch itself needs to be sort of benefit-driven and how you've actually helped somebody out. That's, but the, okay, so as classic shy people as I very much am as you can probably tell um, but for most people they are shy how do we get over how do we find the confidence to walk into the networking event and make this pitch which is compelling and almost might feel like to some people that they're boasting about how much they're how wonderful they are and how how much you've helped somebody yeah well I should say up front my idea of hell is walking into a, you know as an IT geek uh, walking into a room full of strangers and then, you know, glad handing people and, uh, you know, big, big, having it large and telling everybody a wonderful line. That's my idea of how. And for many years, when I went to networking events, I had that stress. It was like, oh, I've got to do this again. Is this, is this really how it should be? You know, going back to what I said earlier on, walking into a room and instead of thinking, you know, I've got to be the best version of myself and I've got to wow and impress everybody. What would it look like if you made the other person the center of your attention? What would it look like if you talked less and listened more to what they've got to say and asked them questions about what they do? You know, those sort of things. When I flipped it on its head from that perspective and said, you know, I'm going to go along to this event to meet people, to listen to what they've got to say, see if I can help them. Suddenly, that's when the magic started happening. I started enjoying the events a lot more. Um, it didn't feel like a big stressful thing. And um, as, we, as we talked about earlier, you know, all of this uh, works in almost mysterious ways and the referral started coming back and I picked up business without going in there with that bulldog attitude of trying to find customers. It was just a lot more fun. And just to flip that on its head, you know, what's quite interesting is we often think about going to networking events to get business, okay? And that's fine. I've been a huge fan of going to networking events for ooh, the longest time, okay? One of the things we do as online marketers is we constantly talk about understanding our client avatars and understanding and getting a really deep understanding of who our clients are. Thing is, is it really possible to do that without going out and meeting potential clients. And what, what better way of understanding how to create really compelling words and communications than to actually be out there where face-to-face, they, you can tell if somebody doesn't get it. You can, set, you can understand from somebody sitting across the table, what I'm saying here, although it sounds perfectly reasonable to me, there's lots of questions coming back and you can have a real understanding of the marketplace, the potential marketplace, by actually meeting some people. Yeah, I mean, with the response suite, um, we found that we're just having a sales page on the internet you've got a bunch of people land there some of them buy some of them leave without buying and the ones who leave without buying really we don't know much about them other than what they did while they're on the website whereas actually when we've been going to local business events recently and talking to people they say oh so how would i use that to xyz and then we can find out exactly what their problems are so it's, a, it's been really eye for us it's been absolutely massive so i mean what what richard what is the aim what is the goal of these networking events are you trying to get a meeting out of it are you trying to get meetings with you know x percent of the room do you want to make a sale before you leave before you've had the toast you know what what do you want to get out of this 
Yeah, so I think you've, you've probably already got the impression that my view of networking events is you go along, you meet people, you have a conversation, you listen to, you know, and you try and be the connector. And so the business, the referrals come back that way. And by putting yourself at the, the center of that network, really, by being the connector, I found that businesses often come my way that way. It's been a lot less stressful for me than going mm. along and thinking, right, I've got to meet customers. Uh, I've got to do all this type of thing. Um, but really, it, it, you know, in answer to your question, it boils down to whatever you think is important for you. That's what works for me, but um, you don't necessarily have to do that. And I'll give you an example. I was speaking to a, a, an IT business customer of mine, ultra nervous about walking into a room full of strangers. Yeah. And so we had a similar conversation to this. And I said, look, you know, it's a two-hour networking event. You don't have to stay there for two hours. Why don't you set yourself the goal of walking in and uh, speaking to somebody that, um, that you can perhaps put a referral their way and speaking to a couple of other people just where you have nice conversations. Then go. You don't have to stick around for, for mm. two hours if you want to do that. Um, you know, and that, I think, helps to overcome that, that uh, situation. And I certainly uh, have this, you know, coming from the IT industry, where we walk into a room full of strangers and it's like, I don't really want to do this. I tell you what, I'm going to sit in the corner on my smartphone and I'm going to pretend I'm important answering emails to avoid having to go and actually, you know, talk to people and stuff. Yeah. So if you set yourself those goals beforehand, I'm going to speak to three people. I'm going to see if I can make at least one introduction and then I'm going to leave. Well, that becomes a lot easier ask, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a little bit like in business when you're thinking all we want to do right now is actually make some sales, but you have to have some other little, dare I say the phrase KPIs along the way. So what are you going to class as a success? Like your first networking event for, for most people will be, can I go in there, have three conversations and not die? Right? <laughs> yes, that would be a pretty absolutely. good, that's a pretty good KPI. Depends how good the breakfast is. <laughs> So, but that's, that's not a bad one. And then you set for your second, you come out of it and you go, well, I succeeded with that. I talked to three people, I had a lovely sausage, didn't die, everything's good. And then for your next one, you might think, okay, that was quite good. What do I want from the next one? Okay, now I want to have conversations with five people or I want to have a different conversation with the same three people if it's a regular networking event and I want to take that onto where we can have a meeting outside of the room. And just about taking that bravery one step at a time. Now, Richard... Mm. It's time to play our second and favorite game of the episode. Uh, so here's what's going to happen. My colleague Kennedy here, hello, that's him, is going to sing a song for you. He's going to sing a song, but he's going to do it in the style of a traditional British club singer, which means oh, some yeah. of the words may be somewhat disguised. Somewhat. And so your job, Richard, and dear listener at home, is simply to guess what song Kennedy singeth. Richard, any idea? I, can I just hum it to myself to try and get an idea? Yeah, yeah oh, please, please. Uh, no, no, I haven't got it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll, we'll do, we'll we'll do the big reveal in a while. Yeah, we'll, yes, we will, we will, we will. All right, so what should we be doing after a networking event to actually maximize the effectiveness and the results of that time we've, we've invested? Oh, well, definitely building little castles out of all the business cards that you cook at them, doing nothing else with them but that. That, that should be... <laughs> no, but seriously, of course, what most people do is go to these events... Uh, exchange business cards with people because that's you know what's expected and then coming back and leaving those business cards to gather dust on their desk uh, the reality is you know 
once you've been to the networking events, we've got this little thing called social media now where you can stalk, I mean, follow up with people really, really <laughs> effectively. Um, so what I do, for instance, it starts off when I'm at the event. Um, so you exchange business cards with people. I've got the memory span of a goldfish and I tell people that. Um, so what I do is when I'm talking to the person they've exchanged business cards with me, I literally grab a pen out of my pocket and on the back of the business card, I write a note about what we talked about, mm. um, about any actions, any follow-ups that I promised to, you know, to make with them. Um, and that means when I get back to the office then, um, instead of just throwing the business card down, coming back to it a week later and going, who on earth was that person? I don't remember yeah. anything about them. I've got those little memory hooks in there. But what I do essentially then is just follow up with them, you know, um, uh, follow them on Twitter or send a tweet out and say, hey, it was great to meet you. Drop them an email if that's appropriate. If it's appropriate, connect with them on LinkedIn. But importantly, uh, whilst we're all the most important person in our particular world, um, is not assuming that the other person is actually going to remember you. So giving some sort of memory hook to them to say, hey, Kennedy, we met out the Walls End Town or um, uh, business networking meeting. Really good to have a conversation with you about how Aston Villa are the best football team in the world. Um, hope you're, uh, you know, hope this is going well for you and um, let's stay in touch. And then that's going to help that person recall the event you met at, what you talked about, and it's going to help them remember you more effectively. And Richard, do you um, think it's important to mention something that's off topic of work? Like you mentioned the football thing there. Do you think it's, it's, that's an important thing to like bridge that relationship into a sort of deeper level, or is that not a thing you would genuinely do? No, no, I think, yeah, genuinely. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily have a conversation about Aston Villa because they might fall out with me about that, and there's not many Villa fans in this part of the world. No, but I mean, Not many people have even heard of them, to be honest. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah, talking about, you know, going back to what I said at the start of this conversation, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. People do people uh, do business with people. You've got to have conversations about something other than business in there. It helps to create that memory hook, helps to make you more memorable, and it builds trust in you as well. I would definitely stay away from topics such as religion. Maybe don't mention Brexit or GDPR yeah, or any of those boring things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, football. Um, you know how, how kids are getting on at school. Um, you know, pastimes, hobbies, those type of things. That's all really good. So it'd be uh, like, hi, Richard, it's Rob here in brackets, coffee breath number three. (laughs) (laughs) So we've talked a little bit about that follow up thing, which is really nice. Do you ever or if you don't, have you experienced the situation where somebody has? And if so, is this a good idea, terrible idea, especially in this wake of, dare I say it, GDPR Um, (gasps) to take business cards from people you've met? and then drop them into some sort of CRM sequence where you can follow up with them automatically. Is that okay? Is that frowned upon? Is that the... That's not cool, is it? I think at the end of the day, you know, uh, if, you, if somebody's been good enough to pass you their business card and they want to stay in touch with you, then putting them into this, you know, automated system where you're going to spam them, you know, seven ways from high heaven. No, that's not very cool. Imagine how, how you would feel if other people did that to you. However... There's nothing to stop you from dropping that in a CRM system. I do this, for instance. I would drop the person's business card and contact details into my CRM system and actually make a note, of, again, a memory hook, where I met that person, what we talked about, what their speciality is. And then that means at some point in the future, I'm having another conversation with someone else and they say, you know what, we could really do with somebody who produces some sort of software where we can gather feedback. And I'm like, hmm, that's definitely there somewhere. can't remember who it is do a search in my CRM system and I say, ah, there you go. I know a person who does that. Let me connect you with them. So I think it's cool to do that. And and in terms of email newsletters and staying in touch online, 
it, bottom line is just ask permission. So, you know, if you've got an email newsletter and you think it's appropriate, ask them, hey, would it, would it be cool if I add you to my email newsletter? It's really easy for you to unsubscribe if you don't like it. And most people will just say yes, but adding them into some sort of automated system, uh, that's not very cool. So let's move on to what we lovingly refer to as the quick fire round. Hey, hey, you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. So first of all, Richard, a book that you recommend? Oh, to narrow it to just one book. Okay, I'll give a, give a couple, if I may, to sort of bend the rules. Uh, GTD, Getting Things Done um, by David Allen, was a life-changing book for me. It's all about productivity. I'm the world's biggest procrastinator. So GTD actually helped me get stuff done. And the other book... I you'd actually read the book after your book. (laughs) No time at all. I thought Mr. Allen had written the book for me. I thought he was peering over my shoulder or uh, (laughs) spying from my window. But that's the sort of life-changing effect it had. Uh, But in terms of uh, the other book that's uh, really had a profound effect is uh, a book called The Go-Giver. Uh, by mm. Bob Berg and John David Mann. Fantastic book. And it actually touches on you know, a lot of the things I've talked about, about putting other people first. Lovely. What's your top success habit? Ooh, uh, the biggest one for me over the past few years has been meditation. Um, so I meditate for 15 minutes every morning. And um, a lot of people think that's ooh, very woo-woo, very hippie. I did as well. But I can tell you, actually, you know, I work you know, nearly all day, every day behind a keyboard, working with tons and tons of information you need that time to sort of reset your brain and, uh, and get yourself back on track. So that's, that's had untold benefits for me. Okay. And who do you look up to? Um, well, a couple of the authors that I mentioned earlier, Bob Berg has been a big influence on me, David Allen, uh, somebody I would love to meet and uh, haven't done today, uh, but you know, I love his uh, attitude and his honesty. He's uh, Tim Ferriss, the author of The 4-Hour Work Week. Um, so I really like the way he travels the world and, and, and really does business on his terms. Hmm. What are your favorite apps that you think are super cool right now? Oh, that's a great question. Apps. Well, actually, if I may, I'm just going to fire my phone up in front of me here and have a look at what's on my home screen. So one of the biggest ones that's uh, come to mind for me recently, it's uh, the, the nicely named Brain Toss. <laughs> so that. Brain Toss. Brain I Toss is... We're asking, we're asking an IT person about their favorite apps. I'm really excited. <laughs> well, brain the, the, Toss, love it. The challenge for me is narrowing it down to one. My home screen's a bit cluttered. But yeah, Brain Toss just is an app that when you're out and about, you know, you get these things that come into your mind. Oh, I must give Rob a call or I must uh, send that follow-up email or I must get the cat, cat food or something like that. What Brain Toss is, it means you can just whip your smartphone out, press the Brain Toss button, say the words and it actually sends it off to your email and um you know puts it in your inbox ready to to be action when you get back to your inbox huh. hmm. big important uh, important question here who do you like more redhead rob or platinum head kennedy i'm indifferent towards both of you to be honest <laughs> <laughs> I, love I love you i love you both i couldn't possibly choose between them. finally tell us richard where can folks go to find out more about you Cool. Well, I've been blogging for the last sort of 15 years plus, uh, so that's probably the best place to go. So www.tublog.co.uk, and you can find me on all the social medias using that same handle, at Tublog. And we'll, of course, link to all of those things in the fabulous show notes, which we'll give you the link to in but a moment's time. Well, thank you so much for that. We want to, of course, reveal what the song was that I was singing but a few moments ago. Do you want to have a second a second shot at what it might be before I give you the big reveal? Definitely, would you? Yeah, please. You, you can't, no, you, you can have a second go. But you, oh, a second go. Second I want it, no, I want to hear it again. Just oh, to... you, it's not, that's not going to happen. We'll give it to you then. It was, uh, it was Dancing Queen by ABBA. 
Oh, of course it was. Of course. You see what I mean? Now, now you hear it. Now you're thinking so of it. obvious. You're kicking yourself. You're you? kicking yourself. There you go. Richard, thank you so much for joining us on Free Marketers Walk into a Podcast. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me, guys. Richard Tubb, ladies and gentlemen. Well, there you go. There's the man himself, wandering into rooms full of strangers, making friends and doing some business. Absolutely. I mean, that's the crack, isn't Breathing it? Breathing coffee on people. That's what really? happens <laughs> How do you like that? How do you like that? Of course, the full show notes, you'll be able to find all the links and all the things we talked about. If you want a quick sort of refresher course on exactly what Richard talked about, well, Grace has done all the hard work for you, so don't worry about it. You'll find them exactly where, Robert? Over at blog.responsesuite.com forward slash zero three two. And we have a big prize, a massive reward to give you. If you go over to your favorite podcast player, leave us a review and mention your website and your name. The big prize is by doing that in the coming episodes, we'll read it out and we'll give you a name check and a link over to your website as well. As a little thank you for doing that. It helps us out and we'd love to help you out too. Now, as we mentioned back at the beginning, if you are a high ticket coach or consultant or service provider of some description, if you are a coach and you are using an application form as part of your sales process, you should definitely take a look at Response Suite and find out how the automation features can help you get more people booked onto a call and start closing more sales. We currently have a 14-day completely free trial, which means you can test it out unrestricted and actually start running those campaigns without it costing you a single penny and you can see the results for yourself. So there you go. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you right back here, same time, same place, next week. Don't miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com.